This is going to be my last podcast um, from the book of Romans. And this last one is a message to all who call ourselves Christians. And to me, I think this is like starting with chapter 12 in Romans. And it's, um, if you call yourself a Christian, this is the code of conduct that is expected out of you. Anyone who calls themselves a Christian should live like this. And if you're not living like this, you're not giving the brand recognition. You're not giving the brand proper recognition because you're calling yourself a follower of Jesus. And if you aren't doing these things, then you're not a good representative of Jesus. And and this is really important for all of us. Any of us who call ourselves Christians, this is what we're supposed to do. So I'm going to get into it and kind of go over the the things that stood out to me and um, mention them to you. So um, Paul starts out, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holding and holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So, you know, we get that word worship and it can mean so many different things. But what Paul is saying is that if we are, if we want to worship God, if we want to make God happy, if we want to um, show our love to God, we're going to be obedient to God. And the proper worship is to make ourselves a living example based upon what Jesus told us to do, how Jesus told us to live, um, adhering to God's commandments and living that way so that when people see people who call themselves Christians, they aren't turned away from the faith. They want to be a part of the faith because they see something different. And there is a difference in the person who calls themselves a Christian. We have a lot of fake Christians out there. I was one of them because at you know, a point in my life, I was not living like I should. And, um, and I was a fake Christian. So anybody who saw me and saw the way I was acting, you know, I was just, you know, it's like one of those things where um, somebody says, oh, I belong to this religion, but I'm not practicing. That's a fake Christian. That's somebody who um, is not really living the way they're supposed to be living and is, is either like, doesn't know any better, um, but certainly doesn't know Jesus yet. And so can't claim that Jesus is living inside them. Like the spirit of God is living inside them. Uh, There's no way that that person who says, I belong to this religion, I'm just not a practicing blah, blah, blah. They don't have Jesus inside them because someone who has Jesus inside them would never say that because they know that's not true. So this gives us advice on how we're supposed to live and it just, it's a great bit of knowledge here. Um, you know, Jesus does say, you know, if, if you're going to be a follower of him, you have to take up your own cross. Anyone who looks back on their life and doesn't just leave their life, but they hang on to their past life is not suited 
to be the follower of Christ. This is also like the preparation at the wedding. You know, the, the guy on the street that's invited to the wedding and shows up and then he gets kicked out of the wedding because he's not dressed appropriately in the parable Jesus told. It's the same thing. If we're not prepared, if we haven't prepared, we are not really, we're kidding ourselves. We are not truly, we don't have Jesus living in us. Unless we are doing what Paul has said, then we can know that we do. But otherwise we are, um, I'm not going to condemn anybody for that. I'm just saying that you, you don't get it yet if you're in that stage because, and I'm reflecting on me, I didn't get it and I didn't understand this, but now I understand this. And, um, and so that's why I'm talking about it because I, I guess in a better way, a more kind way to say it, we should be kind is to say baby Christians. Like you kind of, you know, the facts, but you're not living it yet. So maybe that's a better way. You're just a baby Christian. You don't, you haven't moved on yet. And so Paul is giving advice to all of us who are in that baby Christian phase and we're not quite there yet. We, you know, we need Jesus living in our life. Um, Jesus or God's spirit in our life. So those of us who um, believe that we have God's spirit within us and we've changed our lives, um, we've put a death to our past sinful life, like we've, we've made a... Um, a statement, um, and more than a statement, we've taken actions to live differently than we had lived in the past. So this is a message to those people. For So Paul says, we all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And that's from God. So God gives gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So there's all kinds of things that we can do um, and should be doing if we are claiming to be followers of Jesus. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. This is really important. A key factor in knowing whether or not you are living as an example of Jesus is how selfish am I? How self-centered am I? Or am I becoming more selfless? Am I really focusing on trying to put to death that selfish side of me and focus on the selflessness? When you're doing that, you're living like Jesus wants us to live in a selfless, as a servant of others. Jesus was said he was a servant. I mean, he washed his disciples' feet. You know, like this is God, you know, the king washing other people's feet. You know, this is, you can't get more humble than that. Jesus was uh, taught us taught us so much in Scripture, and when we read it, it's just when it all starts to make sense and you start seeing all these things, um, it just is completely amazing. But um, it's let's see, 
Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So I love that statement too. Um, A lot of times it's, for me, it's been like, I wanted to know like, uh, how do you experience joy all the time? Well, joy is not, it's similar to, I mean, it is happiness, but it's not the same because joy is, is present in hope. It's in the future. It's knowing about what the future holds for God's children, the ones who follow Jesus, um, brothers and sisters of Jesus. This is what, um, we are are told in scripture is that um, about what God has planned for us in the future. And that's what we have to be joyful about. Now, getting there is going to take a lot of patience. And that's like a really hard thing. So especially when affliction happens, when bad things happen to us, to be patient. Um, that's something that we, we are called to do. And be faithful in prayer. So pray all the time, as often as you can throughout the day. It doesn't have to be formal. It just, you know, Jesus said, you know, go into closed rooms. um, And he gave us the Lord's Prayer as an example. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That was the prayer that Jesus gave to us, and that is the way that he told us to pray. Anyway, getting back, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So any other believer who has a need, we are called to share with them and to take care of them and to do as much as we can for them and to practice hospitality. And then it goes even deeper to bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. I would say most people will have a real struggle with this one, with that statement. Now rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Those are some significant statements and something that I don't know anyone who wouldn't struggle with trying to do that. But that is what it's called to be a follower of Jesus, to follow in his footsteps, to be an example. That is what God wants us to do. So any of these that, any of these 
religions that persecute people and go after people with, you know, claiming God is behind it. That is not truth. I mean, this is right now, right here, telling you God doesn't want that. God wants his people. God wants his children to be peaceful. Here's another one. Submission to governing authorities. Here's another one that's going to be kind of tough for a lot of people, including me. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Remember that. Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law, the commandments. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, this is really important. I underlined this next statement. The day is near. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. The weak and the strong. 
except the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. So this is important too, especially today, because there are certain things that our culture and society is wanting to promote as evil, as wrong, as bad, but it's actually good. And as Christians, as followers of Christ, this is this is the area that <clears throat> it's actually in, in Peter, in the book of Peter, he says this as well about submitting to authorities. You do submit to authorities in every aspect because as this book mentioned and you know it's also referenced in the Bible, the authorities are placed by God. God put them there for a reason. They put he put them there for a purpose. And despite whether or not we like their rules, we are called to be obedient to the rules up until the point where they contradict what is written in the Bible. When they contradict what is written in the Bible, we don't follow authorities. This is just like the story of um, Shadnak, Meshach, and Abednego um, back in the book of Daniel, where they were told they had to bow to a human being, and they refused to do that, and um, they were not to pray to God, and they did that, and then they got thrown into this burning furnace, and um, not ironically, but by God, they came out of that furnace completely unharmed, not even smelling like smoke, not even having any burned singe. And actually, the king at the time who witnessed what was happening, as he said, we threw three people in there, but I see a fourth one in there. Well, the fourth one, it's not really clear in the Bible who it was, but it very well could have been Jesus, either Jesus or an angel, um, one of the two. But I believe it was Jesus probably that was back there. This is in the Old Testament in the book of Daniel. Like Jesus was around before, you know, since the beginning of time. That's another concept that you know if you're a follower of Christ. But um, anyway, um, God was with them. God protected them. They were thrown into a flame and their faith and their faith, that's what saved them. Their faith saved them. Again, they didn't even know Jesus besides what was written in the scripture. But their faith saved them from the fire because they even told the king before they were thrown into the fire, they said, you know, God can save us from this. And if he doesn't, then that's okay because our faith in God, we know that he will protect us. You know, it. it they were just, they said, we're not going to denounce God. We're going to support God. We're going to... Um, you know, never deny our, our God. And so they didn't. And they were, you know, they came out of the fire being unharmed. And they changed lives because of that. There were people that began, that believed then, that had faith in God. In fact, um, then the king said, you know, everybody worshiped their God because look at what he did for them. So there were points in the Old Testament where God was revealed and he did unheard of drastic things so that people could see his power and then turn to him. That's the same thing about 
um, you know, the Elijah, where we were talking about this before, where, um, I think it was Elijah, um, anyway, where it's the prophets and he was saying he was one of the last remaining. And then there were these other prophets that were from Baal, they worship Baal or whatever he's called, um, another God. And they had, they did a showdown basically on a mountainside and they said, okay, like whoever, we're not going to light this fire. We're going to both prepare sacrifices and we're going to put these out here. And you prophets who believe in Baal, you pray to your God to burn up this offering. And we're going to do our thing over here and we're going to pray to our God. And we're going to see who is the winner on this. Basically, that's what they did. So, um, and it even gets more detailed because the people who believed in in God, the Father, um, uh, you know, from the Old Testament, they um, they made they prepared the sacrifice bed and they put the sacrifice on it. And not only that, but they trenched around this um, area that they put the sacrifice in, and they they threw water all over it. Water, so much water that they it even pooled in the trenches that were surrounding this burn area that was going to burn, and I mean that's how much faith they had in God, and so I think it, you know if it was maybe just Elijah against all these prophets, I think that's what it was. So I'm doing this from memory, and I haven't read it recently. So if I get a little the details off, that's because my memory's not great. But um, anyway, um, so Elijah prayed. Um, to God so that he, he would send fire and burn up this offering. And then the prophets of Baal did the same thing and nothing happened for the prophets of Baal. And then everything happened. I mean, the, like I said, the sacrifice was doused with water. All the water that was in the trenches even burned up. Like it was so massive. And then, and then what happened was they ended up killing all the prophets of Baal because um, they got rid of evil. I mean, and that was kind of a, that was a justified killing, not by their choice, but their connection with God. And I guess, you know, God told them to do that or God made that, God made that happen ultimately. And anytime that God has wrath against anyone, it's justified because God is who he is. It's not us to decide. Um, it is only God. But I got off on all these different subjects, but there's so many things in the Bible that support these these points that you see, you know, throughout the Bible. And um, that was one of them. It was about faith. Um, so we're going to faith and how much faith is important and how we don't, um, getting back to, we have to look at what's happening in the world. We have to know the Bible and we have to speak out against things that are being accepted in the world that are contrary to the Bible. We can't be quiet about that because if we're quiet about that, quite often it's the enemy, spiritual enemy that's working through these people that are saying things contrary to the Bible. And all it's doing is leading those who believe or support that message. It's leading them to death. So in love and not in a hateful way, but in love, we have to let those people know that that's not the truth and what the Bible says about it. But we have to do it in the most peaceful way we can possibly find to do it. 
So then it talks about um, pe- different faiths and what they believe about eating. And, and it's just, it basically tells us that we need to be sensitive to what people believe. And, and someone who, um, you know, has a strong faith and they feel like they can eat anything, that's fine. But somebody whose faith is not that strong and they believe they can only eat certain things, don't go against them. Support support them, let them be that way. And, um, don't make them feel bad about that. Um, because our purpose is really to build each other's up, build each other up for their good. And each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. So people who are in Christ, who have God's spirit residing, we don't need to be in wars and fights and arguments with those people. We need to support each other, and we're all going to be a little bit different, but that's not a salvation issue, and it's not something we need to be concerned about. So anyway, getting back, um, this is uh, something about joy, which I think is really important, and this is a message to everyone who's bared, who's been bearing with me on this. This podcast is kind of long, but May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's really how Paul closed his talk to the Romans. Besides, he went into personal greetings and um, saying things to people, um, you know, thanking people for their service. But he, you know, says to obey God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, you know, just that message about hope, you know, that may God fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. The longer we trust in him, the more joy and peace we will have in our life. And when that happens, it will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by our own works, but the Holy Spirit working in us and through us will be seen by others and will make an impact on others. So all we can do is ask for God's Spirit, do all we can to make ourselves ready for God's Spirit and keep God's Spirit once it's with them. If you recall back in um, the Old Testament, I think it was Samuel or Saul. I think it was it was Saul um, because I believe that God's spirit was with him at one point, but then God's spirit left him. And I think the same happened for Solomon also because Solomon started getting further distant from God. So God's spirit can be with you and can depart, at least from the Old Testament. I know that. So I I personally, I believe that we need to stay connected to God. I mean, um, Jesus has often said, like, um, he is the branch and we are the vines. And there's a lot of symbolism in the Bible and parables about being grafted into the tree and Jesus is certainly the root and the basis, and he feeds all of that. And he, he tells everyone, apart from me, you can't do anything. But when you're in me, then you become fruitful. So we have to stay connected. We have to stay connected to Jesus. We need to stay connected through prayer 
and through reading scripture. Scripture helps build our faith. It gives us examples. It it does all sorts of things. It gives us blessings. It gives us hope. It it does so much for us. And I encourage you to look into it. And I hope that maybe some of these podcasts that I create will reach someone and will be beneficial to them. And if they are, please share them. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you. Bye.